to another episode of the Ball and Foot Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, and today I'm joined by nobody. Uh, my lovely co-host, Jason, is out of town currently, uh, traveling on business slash family affairs, and he will not be joining us today, so I will be flying solo dolo today on this podcast, and uh, probably for the next uh, up couple of podcasts after this, I'll be um, going at it alone as Jason is out of town. Hopefully he'll be back next week for the uh, Champions League uh, action as we jump back into that next week. But um, <clears throat> as we come to this match, uh, review of the uh, Brentford match from a couple days ago, I uh, just wanted to uh, welcome y'all in. And uh, normally I don't come up with a title to these podcasts until, you know, the podcast is over with and there's something that has sparked my interest or Jason's interest throughout the podcast we usually come up with a name after that but to give you a little insight on that uh today I have actually already named this podcast and we are going to go with the good the bad and the potter yes that is correct we are going to go through the good things about the Chelsea match at Brentford the not so good things the bad things if you will uh, at the Chelsea match at Brentford. And then finally, we're going to discuss uh, Graham Potter, the wizard that he is, um, since it is his month. It's officially spooky season. Um, and we will get into him a little bit at the end of this podcast. So let's just start off right uh, at the top of this podcast. Uh, instead of going into the good first, I'm going to go out of order here a little bit because I want to get the bad out the way first. We're just going to dive right into it, get the bad stuff out the way, get rid of it, cast all the negativity aside after the first, you know, 10 minutes of this, and then we'll dive into the good and a little bit of uh, Potter at the end of this. So let's just jump right into the bad. Um, we didn't get three points. Uh, that's not good. Definitely not good. Um, really could have used three points this week. Could have really closed the gap with uh, Tottenham dropping points to United. Uh, could have really closed the gap a little bit more to third place um, at the top of the table, which would have been nice. Um, but unfortunately, we only come away with a point. Nil-nil draw. Not the greatest uh, performance by the Blues uh, on a Wednesday night. Apparently, we only rise to the occasion when it's Champions League football on Wednesday nights, and not uh, Premier League football. But you know, just jump right into the some of the bad things that um, I noticed about this match. Um, first off, uh, lineups come out. Um, little little nervous about the lineup when it first comes out, you know, not two minutes to complain about uh, in this match as far as lineups go, but anytime I see Dave in our starting lineup nowadays, it sort of makes me nervous, um, so, you know, he's starting alongside uh, Koulibaly and Chalaba in the back, so that always sort of raises a red flag because of his age and, you know, the, the pace and the intensity which Brentford plays with sort of makes you a little nervous. You've got Dave back there in the back. You know, how is he, his legs going to hold up? How is, you know, his speed and his agility and everything like that going to hold up throughout this match? Can he go the full 90 minutes? Because we really honestly don't have any other choice but for him to play 90 minutes. We have no other center backs. Um, we'll get into injuries in a little bit. But, um, you know, Mount starting. Nah, maybe wouldn't have started Mount in this match just because I feel like even though he's a bit great form and been just you know, phenomenal for Chelsea over these last few matches. I feel like, you know, he does need a rest. Maybe give Pulisic a shot in this match as much as this podcast has hated on Christian Pulisic in the last, you know, couple of, you know, 
months here since his whole memoir fiasco happened. Um, you know, but to each his own. Fine with Mount starting. I was glad to see Kukurea in there. Um, you know, so you had Kukurea, Jorginho Gallagher, and Loftus Cheek. Loftus Cheek, of course, got to step in at right wing back at this point in time. You know, with James being out, unfortunately for him, you know, sucks. But RLC has been a a decent fill-in. Not not the greatest. Not not Reese James caliber, but he's been good. Um, you know. And that pivot in the midfield, though, is what sort of made me nervous, too, because I think we've seen with Gallagher that he's not the greatest at the pivot. He's more, I think, useful and more um, dynamic when he plays more of that attacking role, when he can get up there and press intensely and cause other teams to make mistakes and cause other teams to falter um, with his press and with his speed and with his um, just the energy and the intensity that he brings into the team. So when I see Gallagher starting alongside Jorginho in the pivot, that doesn't necessarily, it's not a knock on Gallagher. I want Gallagher to play. I want Gallagher to get minutes. I want Gallagher to start. But I just think you're sort of starting him maybe in the wrong position. But then again, once again, it comes down to injuries. And you don't really have who else you're going to start alongside Jorginho. I feel like we're already overplaying Kova, you know, because he is very injury prone. So he's already getting a bunch of minutes, you know, as it is. So he needs a rest. So, you know, Potter's working with what he has in front of him and he's doing the best with what he can. So anyway, starting lineup comes out, you know, I'm think, sitting here thinking, okay, if we can somehow scrap together three points out of this match with this lineup, it'd be fantastic. You know, but this lineup sort of screams draw on paper. Um, you didn't see Brosia start up top. This has been a very pro Brogia getting minutes and pro Brogia starting podcast. Um, we have asked for him to start over and over and over again. And finally, at this point in time in the season, you know, he gets his first start of the year, first start for Chelsea. He's played in 10 matches up until this point. So, you know, it was good to see him get a start. So, start lineup comes out, makes you a little nervous. So then, you know, the match kicks off. And, I mean, it was sort of just one of those Chelsea matches where it's like these players, they – sort of regress. I don't think, you know, Potter sort of gave them that manager bump. We saw peak, I think, you know, as far as this season goes against AC Milan and the in the two legs that we played against them, probably two of the best matches that Chelsea have played all year. And then we get to these last two weeks and they've sort of come back down to earth, if you will. Um, passing was poor, you know, 85% passing. I think it's 559 total passes. So you look at that, you know, we had – 60-something-odd percent of possession. So all those stats sort of leads you, well, isn't that a positive? And I sort of say it it is, but it isn't at the same time because you look at the passing stats and you say, okay, well, Chelsea had, you know, a total of 559 passes with 85% accuracy in this match. Okay, but, you know, 66 percent of the possession, they controlled the match. It didn't ever seem like we controlled the match, though. It seemed more like, you know, Brentford was in control of the match, with the way they were pressing with their intensity. You know, it never felt like Chelsea was actually in control of this match, was actually going to make something happen. And when you pass the ball 559 times and you only have 85%, you know, completion percentage, that's not that great. I mean, it was more of what we saw in our two goals, sideways, backwards passing, not as much going forward as we'd seen these last couple of weeks with Potter, or at least not the 
quality that we had seen these last couple of weeks with with the through balls and the over-the-top balls. And, and credit to Brentford for the press that they played and making us play, you know, longer balls and not being able to play out the back as much and not being able to, to work the ball at the pitch as well as we, you know, had been. So credit to Brentford for that. But when you look at statistics and you say, okay, it looks like Chelsea dominated this game, statistically speaking, you have to take it all into context and say, okay, well, they had 559 passes. But if most of those are backwards and sideways, that's just going to up your percentage. That's going to make your passing look better than what it is. And when you get to that final third is where I think it really counts. And if you don't have those quality passes in that final third, if you can't one, two it around people. If you can't get into the box and break down Brentford when they were sitting in a low block, then it screams we don't have the creativity on this pitch, which is what we've been screaming you know, as Chelsea fans for, for years now. We don't have that midfielder that can unlock a team. So to that point, it's just it was more sort of the same. And you guys sort of looking at it, you say, okay, Wonder Lampard. Lampard, not the greatest tactician. But you would argue that Potter and Tuchel were two are two of the best tacticians that have, you know, been at Chelsea in a while and two of the best tacticians in the world at this point in time. You know, I'm still not sold on Potter completely. I'm on the Potter train, but I'm not sold completely on him as being one of the greatest tacticians. But for sure Tuchel is. And the, these two, and even Lampard, will put players in position to score goals, and they just can't finish. Now, with Potter, we're not necessarily these last couple games creating those chances when we've come up against these bottom table teams that are going to sit back, that are going to play a lower block. And Christian Brentford, they didn't do that the whole match. They did press a good bit. They did have high intensity, but they still let us have the possession. They still let us have the ball and still try to hit us on the counterattack. So... With that being said, at some point you sort of got to start looking at these players. You got to say, okay, maybe we just don't have that creativity. Maybe we just don't have those players in the squad that we need to unlock teams in a low block. So I think that begs the question, you know, what are what are we going to do to address that issue? Because it's been an issue for a while now. So it's sort of just the same thing we keep recycling as Chelsea fans. It's like we need that creativity in the midfield. We need those players. So, you know, you can create all these statistics. Once again, statistics, 14 shots. 14 shots this match. How many of those were on target? Five total shots on target. How many of those shots came from inside the box? Four. 10 shots outside the box, four shots inside the box. That is completely unacceptable. And that's just, again, credit to Brentford for what they were forcing us to do. But as a team of our caliber, as being a top four, six team in, in you know, the Premier League, we should be able to get more than four shots off. If we're having 14 shots in the match, more than four of those should be from inside of the box. Like, I need more shots, more quality shots is what we need. Just shooting the ball from outside the box 10 times isn't going to win you matches. It's not going to. So, five shots on target. Brentford had eight total shots, but five of those were on target. So what that tells me is their shots were more, their shots were of a higher quality than Chelsea's. So once again, statistics can be misleading in all of this. Yes, we had more shots, 
but we had the same shots on target that they had. And their percentage of getting shots on target with less shots is better than ours. So you have to start looking at and, and really diving statistics to say, was this as good a game as it looks like on paper? Was it as good of a game as maybe some people want to say? I don't I don't think it was. It was just a bang average match from Chelsea. Nothing special. We didn't really do a lot. We didn't do a lot to create chances. We couldn't break them down. So we had two corners in the match. I don't think our first corner came into about the 60-something minute of the match. You... Like, granted, we were not a great set-piece team, but we do tend to, we can find ways to get, you know, goals in from set-pieces. Um, but two corners in this match, when you have this much possession, when you have that many shots and you only end up with two corners in the match, that's just insane. That is just insane to me. Um... I don't know. It, it just comes down to quality, you know, of this play. So, and then, you know, one of the favorite stats of, you know, that everybody rates these days, that everybody, you know, dives into, that looks at, is XG. So, normal Chelsea XG for this match, 0 0.86. That's about typical for Chelsea. You know, that's typical for us, not really... You know, not not good, but it's on average for Chelsea. Brentford's XG in this match, 1.25. Credit to them. They had open men. I can think off the top of my head of three open headers they had in the box. It's three open headers they had, and they just, you know, didn't capitalize on them. And that's on them for not capitalizing on them. But that's also on us for giving up free headers in the box. Um, shots that, you know, they probably shouldn't have gotten off, but they did. And, and that's just a credit to them and their quality and the way that they were playing. So, if we're sitting here, you know, Brentford's goal expectancy is 1.25 and ours is 0 0.86. You know, that's, again, a statistic that is highly coveted in this world and we are lacking in those those chances on goal, those quality chances. Brentford had more quality chances than we did in this match. Of their eight shots, seven of them were in the box. So Brentford wasn't shooting from outside the box. They were getting in on goal on us. They were getting, they were putting pressure on us. They were having those quality chances. Where were those quality chances from Chelsea? We didn't have them this match. And this goes back to the Villa match. You know, Last weekend, when we played Villa, we had two goals. But what did it take? And announcers even touched on this in the match. It took Villa essentially handing us a goal. And then the other one was, you know, just a, a world-class goal by Mason Mount. So it's like, what are we doing? That, that was just, that was a game we didn't play well in. We looked like crap. But we were bailed out. So, if that's the case with these lower tier teams, and we're just going to have to be bailed out, Brentford didn't make any mistakes. They didn't give us those opportunities. 
I can't remember a free kick within 25 yards of the box that we even had a shot at putting in the, in the goal. Like, we didn't have those opportunities. Brentford didn't hand the game to us on a silver platter. And, and that's worrying if you're a Chelsea fan, and it should be, if we have to rely on the other team to win the match for us, to hand us the match. And this is the way it's been for the last two years when we're fighting for top four. It's like we're we're more dependent on other teams losing and we have more confidence in other teams losing than we do in Chelsea actually winning and putting the ball in the back of the net and keeping a clean sheets. So, you know, at this point in time, it's this sort of the same repetitive thing. You have to start looking at these players at some point in time and pointing the fingers at them and saying, hey, do we have the quality of players? Do we have the creativity in this team? And I think, I don't know what happened then in Tuchel's time, but you could definitely tell the players didn't respond to him, didn't, you know, buy into what he was going through, but then you had Potter come in and they seemed to buy in for a few games and now we're sort of back to what, you know, Chelsea's always been. An, an average passing team, a team that doesn't create a lot of chances, a team that has to rely overly on their defense and their keeper to continually bail them out, which is what happened in this match. And it, it's just concerning at this point to me as a Chelsea fan. I don't honestly know what what to do about it because we're, you know, we're talking about this buying this player, buying this player, buying this player, and it's like eventually, you know, we we can't afford to spend and spend and spend and spend because we don't have any outgoing players to go out because our depth is so shot right now because of injuries, and that's another bad thing. You know, Gallagher plays 15 minutes. Kova, who's supposed to be resting, has to come in and play 75 to play the rest of the play the rest of the match. You know, Gallagher doesn't seem to be hurt long. You know, it seems to just be an illness. So hopefully he'll be able to come back for United and play some minutes there because Kova shouldn't have, you know, been playing this midweek game. You have Tiago Silva in the back. God bless him. We're running the man into the ground. And he is just being, you know, just run to death at this point in time. Because we have to rely on him because he's our most reliable center back. He's one of the best players on our team right now. And so, you know, Fofana's out with an injury. So, God forbid that we have another injury on our defense because we don't run out of defenders at this point in time. Like, I know Kukurea can step in and play center back at some point in time, but he's not that great at it. He's He's average. Having a Dave back there being five steps slower than everybody else in the EPL, that's not a good thing. Koulibaly and Chalaba have been great these last few weeks, so hopefully they continue their run of form. So injuries are killing us right now. You know, Conte's out until after the World Cup. Maurice James is out until after the World Cup. So we have a month to survive, you know, these next run of fixtures and we've got to survive them somehow and I pray that Potter works some of his magic and that he comes through and you know we can not drop points again or at least not drop that many points if we can get out of you know October with only dropping you know maybe drawing another game drawing another two games I would be happy considering the amount of injuries we have right now because it is we need the World Cup to hurry up and get here. 
thank you, FIFA, for screwing us once again with your bribes and wanting the freaking World Cup to go on in the freaking winter when it's a summer event. So, anyway, it's enough of the bad. Let's just, we got the bad out the way. It's done. So, let's just move on to the good now, guys. And I think the good with this match is it's not necessarily a team aspect. It's more of like an individual aspect of this game that, you know, we need to highlight is that, you know, the, the good in this match was number one was, was Keppa, player of the match, I believe, in my book, easily, hands down, bailed us out over and over and over and over again, made some great saves. Um, he's, he's in form right now, which is great for us. It's, it's kudos to Keppa for what he has gone through for the mentality that he has had to stick it out at Chelsea, to, to be here, to fight through the adversity, to, you know, come back in as a number one. And, and to his credit, you know, last year when Mindy was going to AFCON, he did step in and he had a great, you know, he had a great run. But Mindy came back, and ever since Mindy's come back from AFCON, he's sort of just regressed, and he's made a lot of mental errors last year in the Champions League. Led to us sort of getting knocked out against Madrid. This year, he's had several mistakes playing it out from the back that has just led to goals for the other teams. Keppa seems calmer on the ball. He's he's making the saves. Um, behind Keppa, I support Keppa. He still makes me nervous in goal because I have PTSD from whenever he couldn't stop a shot coming in from 18 yards out and we were just getting peppered. And anyway, but I feel like, you know, we've got a defense in front of him. So hopefully this will give continue to give Kepa confidence because I mean he's kept four clean sheets now. So I mean credit to Kepa. He's doing his job back there, and until he does his job, he shouldn't lose his spot. Um next, you know, performance I think that we need to highlight is Broja. I think he came and started, got his first start in the match. It's fantastic. Didn't realize the guy was so fast, just booked it around meat on that one goal and you know, at that point in time, you, he's got to realize Mount's there in the middle. you got to square that pass to him so that we can we can get the goal. I don't know if the ball just got stuck under his feet or what, but it, at that point in time, he's got to get his head up and start looking for the pass because he's got two guys on him, and he's got that passing lane right there to get it over him to the middle. Um, I feel like, you know, his performance was fantastic, though. I mean, the fact that, you know, Potter trusted him and said, look, we're going with him because we know we're going to be playing long balls because of the way Brentford plays. We're going with a stronger guy up top, a faster guy up top, somebody that can hold the ball up a little bit more. Like, that's not Aubameyang. And it, it, it sort of, I mean, it's it sucks that Aubameyang got dropped because Aubameyang is in good form right now. But I think Potter made the right decision here based off tactically and the fact that you got arrested Aubameyang and you need You'd rather him start against United than Brogia, you know, so you give him a start. And I think, it, you know, he proved that he can play. You, we just, just got to get him more chances. We got to get some crosses in there. Let him use his head. We've, You know, we, we lack that now that Reese is gone. We don't have those quality crosses coming in as much. So I feel like, you know, Brogia did well, though, in the match. Was really impressed with him. Uh, the last person, uh, of course, I'm going to shout this guy out because this is a very – very pro Chuck uh, podcast. Chuck Laminka comes in, and I mean, his speed, his intensity, um, his uh, um, just the way that he played when he came on, I think sort of flipped the, the script for a little bit and really gave us gave me a little bit of hope at the end of the match that maybe we will be able to get a goal, uh, that maybe we will be able to, to 
to at least get some shots on goal at this point in time. Chuck, with the way he came in and just played, um, you could tell he was hungry. He wanted to be out there on that pitch. Um, and I thought that was a great performance from him today in his little cameo at the end of the match. Um, I would love to see him get a start, maybe, in the next, when we rotate squads. Not against United this weekend, but, you know, maybe give him a Champions League start. we got to rotate the squad. Give the kid a chance. I think he'll surprise some people. He's 19. Shout out also. Happy birthday, Chuck. I know it's your birthday today. Um, well, yesterday, when by the time this podcast comes out. But, um, yeah, happy birthday, Chuck. We're a very pro-Chuck podcast here. And um, we love what you're doing for Chelsea and really uh, support you. And I really need to get your jersey, by the way, Chuck. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Three great performances right there from those. You got the, I think you can throw Polisic in there too. He came in, added a little spark too as well. Um, so I feel like you know some of those bench players that maybe should have gotten the start today came in and sort of made an impact in the, end of the match. Maybe if we gave them a start, we find a couple of goals today. Just the way that they were trying to prove themselves, trying to say we belong in this squad, we deserve playing time just as much as these other people do. So. Those are some of the goods from the match today. So we've covered the bad, we've covered the good. Now let's go on to the Potter. So Potter, you know, I I think he got the tactics, I won't say spot on, but I thought he had good ideas in this match, it, except for just breaking down a low block. And I don't know if you can contribute that as much to Potter as you can to players. Like I've said before, we've had tacticians in here before, Tuchel and Lampard, even though Lampard's not on par with these other two guys. But they put players in position to score goals. Potter does the same thing. But when it comes to breaking down a low block, we really struggle. And I don't know. I don't think it's managed. I think at this point in time, it's players. But give Potter credit for, you know, what he's done up until this point. And I will say this. Just stop right here in this podcast and mention this. Potter, I need you to listen real carefully to me, okay? I'm going to need you to wear the turtleneck against United this weekend, okay? We're on a really bad form, a really bad run against United right now. I need you to bring out the turtleneck. Bring out the special powers that are contained within that turtleneck. I don't, I don't know what it is that you're not wearing these turtlenecks for the EPL games and you're saving them for the Champions League. And I appreciate that. I appreciate you you know, tr trying to get us Champions League glory again. I really do. And there's something magical about that turtleneck. But I feel like we could use a little magic this weekend. So, Potter, please... Can you just wear the turtleneck this weekend? Drop the vest, turtleneck, all right? Okay, anyway, I digress. Back to Potter. Um, same record as Tuchel right now. I felt like he's come in and he's he's essentially done the same thing Tuchel did when Tuchel came in here. Short up the defense. He's focused on that defense. We're not giving up goals. Credit a lot to Keppa because Keppa's made some great saves during that time. Um, we are doing some things different tactically, which have led to more chances on goals. And again, quality of players not finishing the shots. So I really think these next run of games here are crucial for Potter. Um, he, he's got to get the rotations right. He's got to get the starting 11 right every match because we need the points. You know, we got United this weekend. We got Champions League football back next week. So we, we've got to get this you know, he, he's got to get it right. Because if he doesn't, we're going to start falling. We're going to start dropping points. 
and, and that's not what we need right now. We, we've had this spell every year where we struggle. We have a month where we struggle, a month or two where we just struggle. And normally it's in December. I thought maybe that curse was going to be broken this year because we're not playing matches in December a lot until the end of December. So, But it seems like you know the injury bug's hitting us now. We're, we're sort of struggling. So I think that Potter's really got to get these next uh, few team selections correct. And I will say this, I'm, I'm trusting the Potter process. We're officially a trusting the Potter process podcast now. The PPP. Potter's Process Podcast. Trust Potter's Process. That's what we have to do here as Chelsea fans. I'm big on backing the gaffer. I'm big on backing them. You know, not as big backing the board, you know, but I'm big on backing the the manager of the team. And I feel like Potter's got good qualities. He's got good things. Who knows, 18 months down the road, though, we might be looking for a new manager. I hope not. I hope Potter sticks. I hope Potter figures things out and gets the best out of these players. He seemed to for a few matches, and, and now my concern is we're starting to regress. And again, that's a player issue, not a Potter issue. So, but we're officially trusting the Potter process here on this podcast, and we will continue to trust Potter for at least another 18 months. So, it's about the best I can say. But shout out to Potter. I think you're doing a great job right now, man. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Keep motivating these players. I think you've got it in you, sir. Um, but yeah, that's about it um, for this podcast. I don't really have a lot else to say. Just keep it short, sweet, and simple. You know, there were some good things, some bad things, um, and some pottery things about this uh, match. So, uh, yeah, uh, just uh, catch us on Twitter. Um, I'm there. Not every day. There most days. At least the match days I tweet. Um Follow us at the ball and foot on Twitter. Um, it's where we like to interact. Uh, also, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast at, catch us there. Um, and yeah, that's about it. We'll catch you on the flip side. Flying solo, flippity floppity.